Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Randy Singer. He is a veterinarian and epidemiologist for the University of Minnesota and also owner of MindWalk Consulting. Great to have you here, Randy. Nice to see you. This is par for the course in your world, but you've been a real busy guy. But this time you've been out there collecting a lot of data from poultry producers on their antibiotic usage. Uh, and this was over a five-year period. What did you find? Let me start by just saying that um, the participation, I think, is one of the huge successes of this project. You know, this has been a project we've been developing for a few years now, um, collecting data probably back to 2014, but really seriously around 2016. When you say it's a five-year period, the data cover 2013 to 2017, antimicrobial use, but we've been collecting the data seriously for about three years. And what's most exciting, I think, about the report that comes out today, Monday, August 5th, is that the participation rates of the broiler and the turkey companies of the U.S. was phenomenal. I mean, if we look at participation just uh, on the 2017 data, it represents about 90% or more of annual broiler production and 80% or more of annual turkey production. And uh, of the United States. And that is just an incredible response because participation was voluntary. So I'm just really excited. That to me is one of the huge successes of this, um, uh, of this project going forward. And that by itself suggests that the poultry industry really wants to tell this story. They do. And uh, you know, they have a really good story to tell because they have taken antimicrobial stewardship seriously. They've taken the idea of reducing antimicrobial use very seriously. You know, so much of this work has been funded through a contract with FDA because FDA was very interested in getting data about antimicrobial use on the farm. They put out sales data, but sales data and that distribution data from the, uh, the manufacturers, it doesn't really capture which antibiotics are being used and for what purpose. And so this contract with FDA with support from U.S. Poultry and Egg Association allowed us to get the information from these companies about which antibiotics they're actually using and for what diseases. And so FDA had asked, at a minimum, get data for 2016 and 2017 because it straddles when some of their guidance documents were fully implemented. We knew we needed to go back even further. We went to 2013 because, again, the poultry companies had already been shifting how they use their antimicrobials. In preparation for this. Exactly. And so we went back to 2013, and what you see in the data are some pretty major reductions over most of the antimicrobial classes, especially the medically important antimicrobials, over that five-year span. Well, let's dig into that a little bit. I know you gave a keynote address at the American Association of Avian Pathologists meeting. Uh, obviously, we need to get the Cliff Notes version, but what were the, the highlights? What are the big numbers that really stand out? For instance, on both broiler and turkey, the percentage of birds that are being placed, so coming out of the hatchery, being placed on farm, that have received an antimicrobial, huge reductions in the percentage of birds placed that received a hatchery antimicrobial. So again, I, I think if we think about how are antimicrobials being used in the hatchery, a lot of that is for disease prevention. The companies are finding a way to prevent some of those diseases without that hatchery antimicrobial. I caution us focusing too much on reduction though as being the goal, reduction of use, because for a few reasons that really shouldn't be our primary goal. What I would like to see is focusing on reducing the need for the antimicrobial through better disease prevention. My hope is that why these companies have been able to reduce that hatchery use is because of better disease prevention you know, practices. 
the reality is sometimes they may need to put a hatchery antimicrobial into place if they know that there are certain diseases like an E. coli disease that is affecting the birds, especially around brooding. And I know you've said before there's a distinct difference between reducing antibiotic use and responsible antibiotic exactly. use. Exactly. The focus really should be on stewardship. And again, this is a huge success, I think, for FDA. They put the antimicrobials under the guidance, over the, under the supervision of the veterinarian. And that shift really has, I think, improved a variety of aspects of good stewardship. One is record keeping. I know that from the data that I received, the companies are keeping much better track of their antimicrobial administrations, especially post-January 1st, 2017. And uh, being able to look at what you've been using, evaluate it against um, treatment successes, I mean, that is a key component of stewardship. So just having those records really is an important step. Um, and so, again, like you've said, it's about responsible use, it's about good stewardship. Right now, going forward, we're trying to figure out how do you actually quantify or measure mm -hmm. stewardship practices. I mean, this is a, a challenge even on the human medical side, so we're collaborating with some who do stewardship measurements on the human medical side to see if we could implement any of their uh, measurements into the poultry arena. But is the volume of antibiotic necessarily a, a good indicator? That's a great question because where I get frustrated is when I read about comparing the amount that's being used, like amount of an antimicrobial in kilograms. To me, that is a very inappropriate measure to be using. Why? Because different antimicrobials have different potencies, meaning they have different molecular weights. Mm -hmm. It's about how many birds are you treating and are you picking the right drug for the right bug at the right time, more than how, what's your total volume of usage. If you were to pick, for instance, in some of the key turkey diseases, you might pick either penicillin or lincomycin. Both might be efficacious against the organism that you're targeting. But you're, in terms of the total amount of drug used in, in kilograms of drug, if you switched from penicillin to lincomycin, you might reduce your use on amount sevenfold. Does that mean that linko then was a better choice? No, not necessarily. It's about what your experience is with the organisms that you're trying to target in your, uh, on your farms. And so again, I would prefer that the veterinarian be selecting the drug that's gonna work best for the disease, not by playing a game of, I need to reduce my use in total amount, these kilograms of use. And so I wish we could get away from comparing companies or countries on these uh, kilogram of drug used. Remember as well, in the United States, we really don't have injectables in poultry. There's the hatchery antimicrobials, but you know, most of the antimicrobials that are gonna be used on farm are gonna be oral, either in the water or in the feed. Mm -hmm. And because of that, an oral administration of an antimicrobial is always gonna have more milligrams per bird as a dose, just like in humans, versus if you were to inject it. So again, if you're comparing total amount of drug used, and you don't take into account the route of administration, you don't even have a, yeah, a fair comparison. So let's go back to your data. Um, let's focus on, on broiler chickens right now. Uh, what kind of reductions have we seen over the past five years? Uh, it depends on the drug if you, and whether it's an in-feed or whether it's a water-soluble, but you're looking at reductions again, within the antimicrobial class um, and by route, usually in the 
40 to 70 percent range on the amount of drug that would have been reduced between 2013 and 2017. Uh, and that pretty much is across the board for the medically important, some of the not medically important drugs, maybe it's like a bacitracin, you're not going to see as much of a decline. What you'll see on the broiler data is a shift towards more use of the not medically important drugs. And again, from an overall interest in One Health in trying to reduce resistance on the human side and on the animal side, I think shifting to the not medically important antimicrobials when they're available and efficacious mm -hmm. is a good decision. The challenge on the turkey side is they just don't have very many not medically important antimicrobial options. They don't have the labels approved for turkey use. And that's a problem because they can't then make that shift from medically important to not medically important as easily as the broilers have. Okay, now, you as a veterinarian can easily make that distinction between medically important and non-medically important. And it's great to see that where you're seeing the dip in antibiotic is with the medically important ones because that's what's really most important. But in the world of consumers, they glaze over when you start trying to make that distinction, unfortunately. And this is yeah. what has led to these marketing programs where the focus has been no antibiotics ever, raised without antibiotics and so forth. Um, what do we do about that? My hope is that if um, a company is shifting into a no antibiotics ever program, you know, that means that the birds that are going to be processed in an NA program will maybe be marketed that way. But my hope is that the veterinarians that oversee those birds are going to give those birds therapy when needed. That we're not letting marketing decide when health is being impacted and that those birds need therapy. So again, I would hope that the decision around using an antimicrobial is still in the hands of the veterinarian like it's supposed to be. Twenty seventeen being the first year of the new VFD rules, uh, did you see a real major drop in twenty seventeen that contributed to this overall average, or was it a steady decline? Um, for the most part, it was a pretty steady decline between twenty thirteen and seventeen. There are a few examples where uh, the label claims were lost as of January first, seventeen. So obviously, in that case the use of that uh, antimicrobial would go to zero Tylosin, because it's no longer example. approved. Yeah. Um, exactly. So Tylosin in the feed for production purposes, gone, and there is no other label for disease prevention, so you're not going to see that data. Um, on the turkey side, Virginia Myosin had no label for anything other than production purposes, so it goes to zero and 17. Um, otherwise, a lot of these were more gradual changes between 2013 and 17. There were some antimicrobials that did peak at 2015, uh, perhaps because, again, some of the companies had some disease challenges in 2015 that necessitated an increased use of certain antimicrobial classes. And that, again, is an important point around focused on, uh, focusing too much on reductions. There are going to be years where disease incidence is going to spike. Certain diseases in certain companies might increase. Well, you're going to have to use then an antimicrobial for therapy in those situations, which you may then see an increase in a given year. That doesn't mean that we're now failing in stewardship. It means, I hope, that the veterinarians are doing their job to take care of the birds that they oversee. Uh, and so, again, if we focus too much on reductions, on targeted reductions, I think we miss the point 
which is around stewardship and good disease prevention. Some people might say, well, medically important or non-medically important, they're antibiotics, they shouldn't be in the feed, they shouldn't be in, in, in involved in food production. What do you say to that? Well, personally, I, I respect FDA in this case. I mean, they, FDA uses a science-based approach to make the decisions about what to approve and how to label them. And so when they make the decision that this antimicrobial can be used in the feed for disease prevention for this indication uh, and that you should use it over this duration, my expectation as a veterinarian would be that they have shown that that doesn't impact the potential health of humans and or the animals. And so if we're following the labels and we're using drugs that we know work for our systems, I, I don't see why that would pose some excess risk. FDA is actually beginning this year re-evaluating their list of what's medically important, what's not medically important. And so within the next couple of years, you'll see some revisions and you know, we'll adjust our practices accordingly. So it's great that we're seeing antibiotic reductions, but conversely, uh, like the Acrostats numbers and other reports will show that um, mortality rates are up, especially in no antibiotic ever flocks. Are, are we creating a problem while we're sol solving a problem? That is very possible. I, you know, I, I would prefer when we think about risks that we do more of a risk-benefit approach. There is, it's never so clear that you make one decision and there's only one effect from that decision. There's always unintended consequences. And you almost have to look at this continuum and think about uh, what decisions you make and what other consequences there might be from those actions. I could pull the antimicrobial out and say I'm going no antibiotics ever and the hope is that, re that antimicrobial resistance would be reduced or at least minimized, but there may be other effects that that decision has and again, I. Um, I would like to see more of a, a, a risk-benefit type of approach to what those impacts could be. We really are, I think, at the infancy of uh, looking at the problem in that way. So if we're making these reductions, one would hope that you would see that this would carry over into the world of human medicine and we'd have more efficacious antibiotics, lower incidence of resistance and so forth. But we know that's not always the case. It is very difficult to quantify, absolutely. I, I think the thing to remember is that antimicrobial use in any setting, animals, crops, human health, is going to have some effect on the bugs, these bacteria that carry resistance mechanisms uh, in some capacity. We may never find a very clear cause and effect relationship, but we do know that in total, our antimicrobial use does affect resistance. and so trying to reduce our use through better stewardship is everybody needs to be practicing that that idea whether it be in veterinary medicine human medicine or anywhere else and so what you'll see in i think in the literature for on the human side when they have tried to look at changes in stewardship and its effect on resistance those are really hard things to document in a hospital in a community and i don't know that it would be any different on a farm setting that i may not see a direct effect of my changes in stewardship on some resistance mechanism, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it. We need to treat these antimicrobials as this finite valuable resource and all use them more responsibly and more appropriately.
And one final question, I mean, again, it's great to look at the industry-wide data, but what should individual poultry companies and poultry veterinarians be doing? How should they be measuring their approach to antibiotic management? You know, I, I think well, one thing I've seen from these data is that there is no one approach that the companies take. Veterinarians within different companies have different approaches to their use of the antimicrobials, always following uh, the FDA approvals. Some want to use the antimicrobials in the feed for more of a disease prevention, feeling like they'll need fewer antimicrobials to treat the sick flocks later. There's others that say we're not going to do anything with antimicrobials for disease prevention. We'll use them for therapy, um, for treatment and control of disease should that flock break with clinical illness. And I don't know that we really have great data sets to say which one of those two approaches would have less of an impact on resistance later. So what I'm seeing are that um, the veterinarians taking a variety of approaches to health management using the antimicrobials as a tool, only one part, you know, one tool in that toolbox for disease prevention and overall health management. And, and uh, I think that the, the lesson that the veterinarians are learning is that there is no single best approach, but that they all are practicing, you know, improved stewardship with those antimicrobials. Now, knowing Randy Singer, I know you're not going to just leave it there. What's the next step in this? Are you collecting data from 2018 and 2019, for example? Absolutely. So we continue. Uh, right now, we're working on the 2018 data set. It'll start uh, pretty much immediately after this meeting. What the focus for 2018, and that'll include recapturing data from 2017, is that the, the companies will have much better granularity in their data, especially post-January 1st, 17. Again, with that switch to veterinary oversight, more detailed records, we know that we can get flock level records. Which flock received which antimicrobial for which disease, what age, how long was it used in the feed or in the water. That level of granularity allows us to analyze their usage patterns with a much greater level of detail using different metrics. So that is one key aspect going forward. Another piece is we haven't talked at all about layers, the layer chickens and table egg yeah. commodity. We initially held off on doing that and focused on broiler and turkey where you're going to see most of the antimicrobials used in production. But it, uh, now that this first phase is over, we'll be working on that table egg industry data set as well. And are, are you seeing comparable reductions in those segments? We haven't started yet, haven't started so started I, yet I can't speak. Okay. But if you think about it, you know, the table egg industry in a way is similar to the dairy industry, that once that bird is actually laying eggs, you can't use antimicrobials because that egg is going directly into exactly. the marketplace. If you decide to use an antimicrobial, you're going to have to hold those eggs back during the period that they're being treated. So there will be less use, especially in, in the lay phase, we'll see on the, uh, on the earlier phases of production. Okay.